0: Hello, welcome to the Square Based Podcast with me, your host Rob, and my magical co-host, Mr. Val Heffelfinger, dropping the hot beats. Today, we're going to cast a spell on you by learning about the magic phase in Warhammer the Old World.
1: Crushed it. Did great. Mr. Val Heffelfinger. It's like, it's to like we return- you know, people are probably thinking, they rehearsed that. And it's like, absolutely not. No, we're just that gifted. <laughs> just that good. That good. Coming soon to the
0: latest, uh, the, the first Base GT you attend, there will be a lunchtime plus <laughs> evening mix set from me and uh, my DJ friend. Um,
1: <laughs> uh, how are you? Are you well? Uh, I am just top of the pops. It's uh, 6.30 in the a.m. here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Uh, we are... A little under 24 hours since the drop of an amazing almanac, which I'm really excited to talk about. Um, I have not uh, unpacked one single thing uh, from the uh, from the SquareBase GT. Uh, okay, literally Chris. everything. Literally everything that I took there is just piled up in the middle of the room, and uh, and I just put a green screen in front of it, and now I just <laughs> don't have to ever clean it.
0: I mean that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. I um uh, I've done a couple of things. Oh, there it is. There's all the square base stuff. It's because you are as you've quite rightly said, you are in a transitional period now. We are Indeed. like Indeed, yes. Like would it be fair to say I know that you said that you wanted to get like a big storm of magic game in, but would you say you are, you know Unlikely. You are kind of like not you're not intentionally done. 8th edition to you is kind of like sealed up in a beautiful bow that was a square Base GT
1: and then you're speaking you're... of speaking of magic Rob mm-hmm. Squarebase GT so good, good vibes tremendous so vibe. vibes great vibes resonating through the universe to this very moment I've gotten no fewer than two DMs about Squarebase GT 2 by the way oh uh, including a person from Perth Australia who I almost want to be like we got to pump the brakes here pal you want to you <laughs> Like, that is literally the most remote city on the planet. Wait, hold on. Uh, Squarebase
0: GT Canada or Squarebase... Because Squarebase GT2 is the UK. Exactly. Oh.
1: Exactly. Are they going to come to the UK? They are suggesting that they would like to come to the UK, yes. Oh my god, they should definitely do that. We encourage decisions like that all the time. All the time. (laughs) Usually, you know... uh, So, and then another person as well reached out on... Actually, the only social media interaction I've had on on the uh there is a SquareBase Facebook page and Instagram page currently building up a pipeline of content guys don't worry it's gonna come I promise I'm
0: act- I actually
1: am too it's, a-
0: it's real the problem is the um, protesters there's just loads of pipeline protesters at- yes, for the- yes.
1: <laughs> right outside my door they want to they, they want to stop the content pipeline guys how dare they these damn anyway moral of the story is I can't remember why I stopped it oh yeah SquareBase gt2 uh, we should like get serious about that in the near because uh, I think people would actually be super pumped. And also, yeah, you're right. I don't know that I really care much for other stuff right now because old world looks so good. <laughs> it, it, does it looks so good. So good. <laughs> if you're into this kind of thing, which I suspect anyone uh, watching this would be, aside from uh, maybe you. But you know, like uh, we'll get you onto the square basis. We're gonna we're gonna get you there.
0: You'll love it. You'll be you'll be squared off. Uh, would you uh, before we get to jump into? We are going to be covering the magic phase today, or uh, yes. the magic information from
1: the almanac. Uh, honestly, but- this is this is the turning point for you, Rob. This is it. This is your. Dr- these are this is It. This is requiem this is, for a is, dream here. This is really good. I've
0: read it and I am uh, like I've pre-read this and I am shocked. Also, there is massive news in this article, which I don't know if people have picked up on.
1: Like, oh, I can I feel the same way like, I can't yeah. wait to see what massive news you're picking up on oh
0: I'm getting a raging massive news clue <laughs> <laughs> what a, I don't know about you I got a raging massive big news. big clue um, I would like to kind of just jump out with a slight bit of news
1: oh sure okay. um, just not just, a rumor not a rumor. Uh, but we, here's as, pi- uh, in in ball rock in tradition, we go to the end with the rumors. But if this is news, rumors at the I'll end. Okay with it.
0: News at the beginning. Uh, right. So news. New news. I New printed news. my first thirty mil square bass. Uh, you can, so for podcast listeners, I'm showing a picture of just a grey square bass. So incredibly uninteresting. Nice. But mm. I had it designed so that you could fit a little magnet in the middle. In the middle. Um, unbelievable. Square base technology. The technology is unavailable
1: uh, to is, anyone else. Yeah, don't don't search for any of that. It's not available anywhere else.
0: So uh, uh, my, my thoughts are, and I'm not sure if this is a thing. Um, so two things. One, I'm not really sure if we're going to just make a ton of them and let people buy them. Number two, if we're just going to put the STL up so people can make them, but then still lots of people don't have 3D printers, so still someone has to make them to buy them. So maybe both is I the simple both. answer.
1: Yeah, I think it's both. both. But it's got to be, it's got to be like tooth sweet. Yeah, tooth sweet. Because like the the window on this is going to be the bad, very narrow bass, very narrow window, well,
0: bassing window. So I don't think Games Shop are releasing no 30 mil bases, like, or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they've got a hoard, but like, do you think they're gonna? I
1: don't know. They have. To. Yeah. Of course. I, I would think so. I would think that's the only reason they... Why, I think the community uh, intern who wrote um, before the before its release will tell you what the bases are so you can get working on your armies, uh, which is probably a fireable offense. You yeah. what? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, I thought, why wouldn't they... Like, they haven't revealed the bases because I think they just don't sell them yet. But there's no way. Like... They have, I mean, I don't want to blow the lead on this one, but there's a really wacky base size that was revealed in this in this particular article. It doesn't exist anywhere right now. Never has existed in GW terms. So, yeah, I think all these bases will have to be sold. Of course, they're going to make them in batches of well, 15 to 20.
0: So I think that that leads into my raging clue. Go so ahead. we'll find out because I've got some raging clues uh, and I can't wait to share them with you. So we'll jump straight in uh, to the article, if that's cool with you. If you've got no news yourself, other than, you know, obviously you're cute. I got my swimmies on, I got my flippy floppies on, let's go. Okay. We're diving we're, in. We're diving in. Okay, uh, let's go. Right, so Old World Almanac, How the Magic Brings a Sparkle to the Battlefield. I'm, I'm, I'm here for this today. Okay, we're going to skip straight past some great art. Okay, the four-phase mm-hmm. structure of Warhammer the Old World... Is perhaps the biggest break with the previous installment of Warhammer Fantasy Battles. Not least because there's now no set magic phase. But that doesn't mean the arcane arts take a back seat. If anything, magic is even more prevalent as it's cast during every phase of the game. Warhammer the old world is set at the time. Oh, do you want to talk about that actually? How do you feel about we already talked we've covered this before, but let's just let's just talk about it. What do you think?
1: About what? Four phases? Yeah. And no magic phase? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've I've sat with it long enough, and also had my my farewell to the the eighth edition Magic phase, um, and I'm fine with it. I, and also, honestly, I think I think as far as like the flow of the game is concerned, I think this is a very very good thing. Agreed. Um, and uh, yeah, I think uh, <clears throat> the power, the strength of the spells, and all that stuff aside, because that could have been fixed with an errata.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you could you could have you could have. Dealt with some of the mo- more obvious complaints about the previous versions of Magic, um, and not fixed something about it that still kind of sucked. Which is, you're playing the game, you do your movement, you do your charges, your movement, and then suddenly, boom, we're we're just we're we're rolling dice and thinking really really hard about uh, how to allocate dice. So it's like a game within a game that kind of detracts from the game you you are trying to play, even though it's a lot of fun. Like I loved it. Um, I think it's better all for I'm the be overall thinking, game. All I'm going to be thinking now is, do I want
0: to nuke my own unit? <laughs> like, that's it. But we'll get to that later, I guess. Yeah, like... Okay. The panic. Okay. What <laughs> What uh, the old world? Uh, and yeah, everything you've said is right. Cleaning up the magic phase is great. Reducing super spells is great. I'm actually genuinely very excited about this there's some really good stuff there's even some, There's some really nice like thought about like stacking spells I love that right what the old world is set at a time before the colleges of magic do you want to claim this do you want to say look I'm putting you up there called it
1: we did call it we called it uh like the first step second episode somewhere second. around there but but yeah I mean the timeline colleges of magic are post what what, what is it what is your what is uh after ba- the battle the Battle for Prague. Prague,
0: yeah, because we're we're BPP. The battle, uh, the we're time, before, like, yes. years before Prague or Battle for Battle for Prague. I need to work it out. So yeah, Techless rolls
1: over. Be. Techless rolls over during the Great War against Chaos, and uh, and and teaches the humans to do the magics, um, and to to make things simple for them, he dumb's it down. He splits up the winds of magic into eight colleges, and that's where the colleges of magic come from, and uh, the humans can safely do their magicking. Uh, however, in this game, that has not happened yet because that is in the near future. That's about 40 years from where we are in the timeline. And, uh, and so we don't have the College of Magic. We've just got some uh, freewheeling improvisational. Uh, it's the whose line is it anyway of, of Wizard Ring is going on in the Empire from what I understand.
0: Well, so one of the things I really like about this is they're like, there aren't eight colleges of magic. You're like, okay. They're like, but there are eight spell laws of magic. Woo. You're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I got so sick. And with set. oh, man, everything about it is so sick. All right, let's okay. continue. Okay. Um... Uh, so, uh, lo- that's not to say there aren't laws. There are eight in the core rulebook alone, each representing a particular approach to the study of magic. Battle magic, uh, which is pretty good. Uh, dark magic, demonology, elementalism, high Ooh. magic, illusion. Sad there isn't low magic, obviously. Uh, necromancy and war magic. Ooh. I think you found the low magic
1: is wah magic. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's not low, That's magic. Definitely low magic. That's vibes. That's that, if
1: if there is a lore if there's a lore with a spell called you what mate, it's definitely why magic. That's my
0: TikTok pitch. Uh, that's my shorts pitch. Uh, you want, do you want to get to Warhammer Fantasy Battle? They're like, yeah. I'm like, there's a magic that's based all around vibes called War Magic. If you're feeling the vibe more, the War is more, and the magic is stronger. But if you have less of a vibe, you only have a little War, and it's not as good. And the TikTok people are like, yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, that's good vibes. War all the way. Let's go. All about the vibes. All about the vibes.
1: Do they have this at the Square Base GT? They must have. Um, so. What do you so you first, man, what do you think about these particular core rule because it's kind of interesting that these are the core rule book. Why these lores in the core rule book?
0: I think some of them, um, for instance, battle magic, elementalism, uh, illusion, I guess. Uh, feel like they have like a much more like generic bent about them like you know battle magic like you could have an orc who probably will have who definitely will have access to war magic but might also have access to battle magic or illusion versus you know a dark elf who'll have no access to war magic but will have access to dark magic and still might have access to battle magic and illusion as an example so there's obviously some that are like very like specific um, mm-hmm. and allowing wizards, you know, they'll define which wizards can take what. So I think that's really cool, um, and I think that's quite interesting. Um, uh, so yeah, like, I like it. I think it's fun. Like, they go on to say that there's lots of spells, and I think that's interesting as well. And look at the spells uh, later. They also do clearly have, like, th- there's definitely some strategy around these, and I think that's cool. I think that's really fun. Like, I think the the the, the different, yeah, it's good. That's all I'm going to say.
1: Good. I I think it's I think it's awesome and I think getting back to like one of the points this points going to come up a bunch which is just like signals that this game is going to be complete but like seeing necromancy here because we know that there is a lore of Nehekara that's Mm -hmm. coming Um, that's definitely here but we know vampire counts are a PDF army we still need to find a good good term for them we did Uh, say maybe like
0: didn't we say army of
1: army of legend perhaps no. Um, <laughs> no Did we say
0: this last week? Did we say that they? Were I don't know the- if we.
1: I think we addressed that we needed to brand it some somehow better because you do keep calling them legends that I get mad. The, it the, makes renegade, me factions. the renegade, renegade factions. The renegade factions. So The renegade factions. Uh, I was worried they won't. They, they wouldn't have their own lords of magic, specifically vampire counts. Really, that's all I was really thinking about. Mm. But necromancy, chilling right there. Also, the lizards. The lizards enjoy high magic. Mm-hmm. Um, chilling right there. So like, yeah, you do right. You got battle magic, um, you know, elementalism, illusion. Those feel kind of generic. But then you have, and maybe even elementalism, depending on what's in there. But then you have demonology, high magic, necromancy, and wah magic, which support very specific factions uh, in the core book. And that, that means, that says to me, again, another indication, we're going to have a complete game like day one.
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw a curveball here and a raging <coughs> clue in off this. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna throw this in. I think what we might see is we might see more like so. Obviously, we're gonna get those. We're gonna the core factions in the those two books that are getting released, like good guys, bad guys, and then we're gonna mm-hmm. get the renegade factions as PDFs. Now when we get yep. the expansions, I think for Tomb Kings, we'll see a couple of ways to play Tomb Kings, for example, same with Britannia. But in the future, we might see a book where you could combine a couple of factions. So for example, like the idea of like, I don't know, a crusading force or an expeditionary force or something similar. And so what you might see is you might see a wizard who maybe, I don't know, doesn't necessarily normally have access to one of the, the laws in their main yep. core set. But when they're joined up with this other army, they gain access to it and you build up a kind of, yeah, Dogs of War is not really what I'm thinking. I'm more thinking like, you know, there might be a specific alliance, let's say, between dwarfs and humans, uh, you know, as an example, or dwarfs and bretonians and then because of that something happens where you know a wizard gains access to something else uh you know a rune priest gains access to something else we might see that in the future because i think that would be really fun especially if they do go down the detachment route where you can only take x and x that that could be a very fun narrative way of building some armies in the future as well and also fun on the tabletop
1: yeah army building we i don't even think we've even even had a chance to think about it that uh that's a that'll be interesting. What system they use to build armies? Cuz again, 8th edition completely different. Well, completely different from the two editions previous to it. So, use like a four. it 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 used the percentage basis and things before it used like a force org kind of thing. I think it'll be so percentage a, based. That, I don't know. I'm curious. Okay. I'm okay, interested. Well, I don't know. Again, I, hope, I, I, I don't know. I'd love to you're see hoping a force for? Org. Oh, really? Force org. Yeah. Cuz cuz it allows you to it allows you to I think one of the biggest backbreakers of 8th edition was that you had to take 25% core. Okay. And that meant that like if your only core was say I don't know zombies, which are cheapest model in the in the game, zombie skeletons and dire wolves, that you needed a butt ton of mo- models to field any army. Um and like that was like people talk about how the unit sizes got really out of hand, really I think what drove that was you always had to bring so much core, uh, no matter who you were. Um, and and that was uh, tax on some and not so much on others. And that also creates disparity. Whereas if you have a more... And GW has gotten a little more freewheeling about how their armies are built. And especially if we're thinking that there maybe will be future books that maybe allow you to build different styles of army. That feels like a detachment style system or like a formation style system. And so I would think maybe we go back to You know, three core and a and a hero is the minimum, and then there's slots that you're able to fill from there. (laughs) Yeah, fill those slots, guys.
0: Okay, interesting. I don't I don't mind percentage based stuff, but yeah, it could be a lot of models, as Nogal Matthew said in the chat. That would be interesting. Yeah, you're right. I haven't really thought about it. I just naturally assumed that it was going to be percentages, so that'll be fun for another
1: time. Okay, I I think it was percentage based. Going back to fit like when I first played fantasy, I'm pretty sure it was percentage based because it may have been why I learned how to how to calculate percentages was literally to build an army list. Um, so um, yeah, I think it did exist previously, but it definitely wasn't. It's like sixth edition went to a four arc for sure because it was like third edition forty k.
0: Yeah, I think I, I I have no idea what it's going to be like, but I'm interested. Okay, so mm-hmm. uh, each lore has seven spells. Mm-hmm. I mean, huge news just there, with one being a signature spell that's always available to its adherents. Every magic user has a level running from one to four. The higher the level, the more puissant the wizard, and the more spells they know at the start of the game. So a level four
1: is going to know four spells, I'm assuming. Uh, it sure sounds like they know four spells, and actually, when I'm reading that, may feels like they might know actually five spells. I feel yeah. like it's it's your wizard level and always the signature. So that means that a level 1 would always have their signature and then another one that hopefully they pick. We'll see. Um, that would be pretty, pretty sick. Yeah, and it doesn't
0: sound like, because there's not a, well, we'll get to it anyway. Alright, so spell categories. Spells fall into six categories. These determine uh, during which phase of the game they can be cast. These are enhancement spells, sorry, enchantment spells, sorry, uh, that oh. empower the cast as allies, protecting them. They're basically buff spells. Hex spells, which are the debuff spells, so they, you know, they're going to reduce the effectiveness of enemy units. Conveyance, these spells enable wizards to enhance movement, or transport units from place to place. Now, I was actually thinking about this. Is there a lot of in in uh, fantasy battles? Is there a lot of deep striking? Like, is there a lot of like teleports?
1: I can't remember. There's, any. there's, there's, uh, there's a few. There's walk between worlds. There's the yes. there's there's an orc one. Uh, hand of Gork. Hand of Gork. Yeah, hand, hand of, Gork. of Mork. Probably hand yeah. because foot of Gork, hand of Mork. I think um those are two off the top of my big brain but uh, there's maybe a couple others that Barona's time warp would would double your movement um so yeah there definitely were things that could do that there were very few things that allowed you to charge though um it was all usually it was because obviously it was actually there were no i don't think maybe previous versions of hand of mork let you like push yourself into combat can't remember but okay. anyway uh there were it was for the most part just sort of movement that would allow you to reposition. Um, Van Hell's Dance Macabre, uh, one of the one of the probably biggest conveyance spells, allowed like um, vampire counts and and undead to double up their movement. The Tomb Kings had that too because they didn't march. They they could march, but it was always a spell. Um, so yeah, stuff like that.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well. Good. Good. nice. It's nice to have those uh, as well. And then magic missiles. These are sorcerous projectiles that wizards hurl at foes. Magic missiles can only target enemy units. Magical vortex. These are roiling globes of magical energy that travel across the battlefield, wreaking all kind of havoc. Uh, and then assailment spells. These spells are deadly attacks that strike the foe without warning. I'm assuming most of those are done in combat, uh, which is going to be quite interesting.
1: So I was just about to say, Robbo, no deliverance of Itza in, in any of those styles. There's no direct damage. Which is interesting. So I don't know if direct damage then becomes magic missiles. Sort of a, yeah, yeah magic. But not all direct damage is really a magic missile. Sometimes maybe basically maybe they they become somewhat assailment and somewhat magic missiles, somewhat magical vortex. I don't know. But yeah, there's no. It's interesting that magic missiles are are there are no direct. I guess they're kind of redundant. But
0: I think direct you know. damage is redundant. I think this is very clear. I don't know what a direct damage would be, apart from, weirdly, an, a confusingly undirect category. <laughs> 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 oh, thank you to Bob for donating five gifts strips to the chat. That is incredibly awesome of you. That's great. Thank you. Uh,
1: especially actually, to the amazing Amy Snugs in the chat. She's an amazing painter. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Um, the um, Actually, Assailment, that kind of feels, because it's been framed as a close combat um, thing. But I wonder if that, because these spells are deadly attacks that strike the foe without warning. So that doesn't say anything about close. They're cast in the combat phase, but that might be actually where your direct damage is, is actually assailment. Now yeah. that I, now that I think about it for half a second.
0: I actually really like this because, again, this is just, a, you know, a, a, a list of very simple classifications. I I especially having played the other week. I love where we're at. We've got phases, we've got sub-phases. We have classifications for what a thing is. Then they're gonna write something into this. Now, the, the real source is can they just finish this off, tie a bow on it, and when they write the actual spell, it all makes sense going up the tree. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Like they, yeah. They've they've built the foundation. They just got to put that. Got to put. It's Christmas, so I'm going to say it. They got to just put that little star on top of the tree, or a fairy, mm-hmm. or whatever it is you do. It's got to finish it off. But the foundation feels strong. Is what I'd say.
1: You. So you're saying that putting the the star on there. There's there's no chance of a Griswold, uh, you know, <laughs> falling into the tree. There's a raccoon in it and it jumps on his face. <laughs> It could there be like a, a Krampus situation. I hope it's not a Krampus
0: situation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or we get to the end and we've just been home alone, uh, which we
1: wouldn't <laughs> like. We uh, all just like go to get we all go to get our army boxes and a bucket of paint just swings through the door and smashes us in the face. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, right, there are six types of spells
0: enhancement, hex and strategy phase. Uh, conveyance movement phase, magic missile, and magic vortex in shooting phase, and Assailment in the combat phase. These are cast in the appropriate phase, so units can end up enchanted or hexed uh, from the outset of your turn. Magically moved when it's time to charge. Each con-
1: magically moved when it's time to charge is really interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: Tell me why. Tell me what you're thinking.
1: Because you move first. Oh, sorry, you charge first. Uh, charge declarations is top of the of, of the movement phase. So, this suggests that you can convey, so you can like move your guys with some magic and then charge. Um, So, like, you can do perhaps, I don't think they actually talk about the order of operations of when you cast yet. But that to me, again, we're reading into something that a Warcom writer. Well, no, yeah,
0: because we know, I think we see it later on. We talk about, I think it does say, I thought that, like, the order of activation, like, do I cast a spell and then charge? Because charge is at the beginning. Feels Uh odd. Okay. Yeah. Is that walk- so it or, it could just or, be Once
1: you're once you're in the phase, maybe you're allowed to do it. So a conveyance spell could be done before you declare your charges because you're in the charge phase. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. I'm sure it's. I hope it's addressed. But yeah. Yeah.
0: So, okay, well, it will be addressed. Uh, each conjuration has a casting value appropriate to how complex it is. The spells are cast on 2d6, adding the skill level of the caster. It's a quicker system than previously used wins and magic cards or pulls the dice, leaving the tactical decisions of what to cast and when. Before we get mm-hmm. into the mist cast table, so now we know casting. Uh, 2d6 plus your wizard level. Beautiful because um, this because this actually really changes up some of the spells that we've seen previously. A couple of the spells that we saw, we were like, That's an eight. That's quite tough. It's actually not true. That's now a four. So very likely if you casted it with a level four wizard.
1: With level four. Yeah, then that's if we even saw we even saw a uh, annoying. We saw we saw on the uh on the frenzy and um there's a frenzy and something else, uh uh frenzy and hatred spell from the close combat, I think, one. And that was a nine. So that'd be out of five with the level four. Plus or minus artifacts, buffing effects. You know, maybe you're next to a familiar. That gives you a little something. So, yeah, like it's, there's, and then maybe you're up against dwarves. Maybe they're just like passively minus debuffing long. you somehow. Like, it's great.
0: Yeah, no, I, it's much quicker and much more elegant, uh, I'm going to say. It does really mm-hmm. change the math on some of those spells that we've looked at previously, so that's a, that's actually really fun because like, now we're like, some of those are much more achievable and it's quite scary. However, not certain spells are going to be... Uh, cast as often. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Okay, but we got the miscast table. Ooh. Okay, if a natural double one is rolled, when making a casting roll regardless of the casting result. So even if you add, like, let's say, plus four, uh, it's a double one. It has been miscast, and unless stated otherwise, it's not a cast. Roll immediately on the miscast table below to see what fate befalls your unfortunate wizard. Now, one of the things that I found really negative about Warhammer Fantasy Battles is that there was very little negative response to miscasting. Even when you six dice to spell you got a double six, you then had to roll like another one or whatever it was, 1 to 3, then you had to roll on a 50/50 chart to see if your wizard got sucked into the warp. There was a lot of like mitigating circumstances along the line. And sure, people did lose their level 4 wizard down a hole often. But not enough, in my opinion, for the reward of winning a game. So, like, the risk versus reward was very much more in the reward, uh, like, percentage.
1: Well, um, and I mean, more importantly, the spell always went off. Exactly. So, in this, yeah. you fail
0: and also you suck. Uh, and <laughs> it it's 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 a or really bad do one. you Wow. Well, yeah. so okay so miscast table 2d6 on a two to four danger will robinson the summoned magic breaks free creating an ethereal tornado center to a five inch blast template over the wizard every model friend or foe whose base lies underneath the template risks being hit and suffers a single strength 10 hit with ap of four
1: the wording there is a little weird Everyone whose base lies underneath the template risks being hit. So, what does that mean? Is that is that a is that a, a general statement about how templates work? Like, if you get hit by a template, are you maybe hit, or uh, is that just like poor word? Like that to me is like, do you have to roll? Do you have to roll the hit with the template too, in some fashion? Like, is it a four up? Like, this is interesting. Uh, yeah, that's um, quite interesting. Yeah, that is before, good. if you were under the template, you are hit. Like that's how you determined whether they were hit. So if it, it it would also take the edge off of templates a lot if the template gave you essentially your hit pool and then you roll from there. Um, yeah. But then, but then I guess
0: maybe like the, you still have to roll to wound. I guess, but you're right. They do say hit, not wound. Yeah. Uh So then, like, which are different. So yeah, you are right. That is so. Uh, like, awesome. yeah. Let's run through this a little bit. Like when you were, um, when you were six dice and some spells, yeah, a good old uh double six so you could blow your wizard up was a little bit rarer.
1: Um, say again. Sorry,
0: what I'm saying is, is a double one on the uh, like I know a double one is like eight percent or something like that, right? 2.67. Two,
1: uh, two points, thank you. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, one in 36 chance. Uh, so then, <coughs> uh,
0: like, it I don't know why, but I was reading this as it's it's more likely not more likely to happen, um, but because you're consistently just rolling two dice versus mm-hmm. yeeting a ton of dice, like, it's this is more likely to happen because previously it was a double six, right? That was your only major worry, or was yeah, it so a double this,
1: one is, as well? this is, yeah, this is snake eyes. Yeah, yeah. The other one was boxcars. So, but, like,
0: but then you're right. It, the, if you're only ever rolling two dice, but in this situation, like, you're rolling more two dices, if that makes sense. So if you're in a magic phase and I rolled, I know, this guy's got seven dice, I would roll a four and a, uh, I would roll three. Um, I would cast twice. But if I've got a level four wizard who can cast in every phase, I'm generally going to be casting more dice. I think I'm casting more spells over the course of a game I'm not sure I'd have to do the math but it felt like I'm
1: maybe more consistently going to do this I feel like you might do it once a game basically with level 4 wizard uh, however like if you were 6-dicing a spell it's 25% chance you miscast okay so like on so on a given role um, on a given roll, I think it's definitely lower that's going to happen and I would also say despite how you let in I would say maybe maybe you wished worse things happened to your opponent than what could happen but none of it was nearly as like the old miscast table far more punitive than this like your your wizard could be sucked down a hole good you could you could you could forget the spell you were casting good um you could lose all your and then lose all your dice which is an outcome on this one too it's especially good but not on the interestingly not on the on the bad results only on the good results do you lose all your dice or like lose your ability to um cast anymore so like there's nothing here that says that after they dimensionally cascade and like nuke the area around them that they can't then like just get up and like rush off their robes and like go back at it right hmm. so okay so um, that's that's the big it feels, one it feels it feels so it feels like a miscast table that's a little less punitive to me okay
0: okay all right uh all right so then so i mean this is still huge though right if you have a big block yes. of anything Getting hit with a strength 10 hit, like, you know, turn one on everything is a lot. Is what I'm trying to say? Uh, Not not great, no. Uh, Right, rolling. Then you've got five to six, um, where it's a three-inch blast Templar over the Wizard and every model, friend or foe who's basalized underneath the Templar. Um, And then it's a strength six hit at AP of minus two. And then you've got Careless Conjuration, which is the wizard takes a strength four hit with an AP of minus one. And eight to nine, the wizard manages to control the magic, but at the expense of the great power spell is cast still uh, at its casting value for the purposes of the spell attempts. However, you cannot attempt to cast any more spells for the remainder of the turn. And then 10 to 12, uh, you still cast the spell. Um, with a perfect invocation, which is a universal special rule we haven't had clarified yet. However, you cannot attempt to cast any more spells for the remainder of the turn. I think a perfect invocation is that it's cast and your po- opponent won't be able to dispel it.
1: Or maybe they have to also roll a boxcar to stop it, something like that. Something um, like that. Yeah. It, it, in the, when we get into uh, counterspelling or dispelling, um, it, it, Feels like you can. This is another thing about eight that sucked is that if you did irresistible force, so you did roll two d two uh, two sixes in your in your uh, attempt to get the spell off, it was just cast. So like your opponent couldn't use a scroll to dispel it, they couldn't roll roll a similar amount to dispel it. It was just cast. Period. Um, this feels later on. I I don't know. Maybe I misread it, but we'll see it when we get to it. Feels like you can still potentially answer with a boxcar. Um, to to stop something that's even irresistible, but maybe not. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. um, I also thought that 8 and 9 and 10 and 12 were exactly the same in in the description of it. I read it probably 14 times. I had to go, like, word by word. (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, as someone who professionally reviews Games Workshop rules, I'm like, if you just bold a little couple of words here or there, (laughs) you would save me... Hours. Yeah, it's italics. Yeah, Maybe some, yeah just some a little. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, no, italics. Underline is really- narrative. If you even try, yeah, <laughs> you f- motherfucker. Use
1: italics. What are you crazy? <laughs> <clears throat>
0: All right. All right. Magic is still very much a duel between opposing wizards. It's still perfectly possible to miscast should you roll a double one or achieve a perfect invocation on a double six. Uh, But they don't go on to what that is. Uh, What's more, every spellcaster can attempt to dispel their opponent's conjurations, provided they're within 18 inches as a level one or two wizard, or 24 at levels three and four. And that's actually going to be a really big deal because you're going to need to push that uh, level three to four caster that you've got in your army into that zone very quickly. Um, because twelve inches isn't necessarily particularly far for those for those unbinds. dispel sorry,
1: yeah like yeah it's uh, you do have to have them a little more danger close they can't just be chilling in a in a in a bunker somewhere behind everything mm. uh, if you want them to be dispelling so it also raises the specter of like what like how you're equipping uh, where you're placing and what you're doing with your wizards this also relates back to like the original developer diary I don't know if you remember where they where I. I speculated that you wouldn't have characters in units because they were talking about positioning being very important Mm. and uh, kind of cool that really what they were referring to more of was, I think, areas of effect. So um, other characters probably have, like, you know, stuff they can use in the strategy phase. Wizards need to be positioned right to be able to dispel, that kind of stuff.
0: Do you think think you're going to need, like, forward arc, line of sight to dispel?
1: I hope not. That's quite restrictive. Yeah, that would be, yeah, I hope not. Hopefully they can just use their... Magic Brain. brains to yeah. to turn you know, around project. for
0: five seconds.
1: <laughs> <Turn around first. laughs> <laughs> old wizard, there's something behind us. No, there isn't.
0: No, wait, I, I, I go, I'm going to I'm going to turn backwards. Do you need us all to turn backwards? No, I promise you, it's not a problem. I'm just going to look
1: over. No, no spells. Uh, <laughs> you see, I think something that we just don't understand is that in the old world, no one has object permanence. That's why you can only do this. As soon as you're outside of this, it just doesn't exist.
0: Yeah, I, um, what I love is the idea that like uh, the <laughs> the the writers of Zoolander just watched. Uh, they played a lot of Warhammer Fantasy Battle, and then they were like, "No left turn. It's too hard to turn. <laughs> too hard. Too hard to turn." All right, all right, what's more every spellcaster can attempt we've done that roll 2d6 and add your level to the roll. If you beat the casting roll, the target spell is cancelled. I just want to stop there cuz I want to say something about that. This means the reason I said that I think like so normally when you played the you know the Power Pool game, it was all about yeah. dragging out a couple of your opponent's power dice, you know, because you you traditionally ended up with more dice than the than the dispeller, you yeah. effectively Probably could get a spell off, maybe two. That's basically Hopefully. what the game was, right? That's yep. kind of like, you know, drawing out their paradise, making it work, get off a couple of little spells. So they try and stop your big spell, whatever the situation. This, it's a lot more that, like, we're very much even Stevens. I, you cast, I, I cast sort of situation yep. uh or well, i tried to dispel much more even as long
1: as you're in range as long as you're in range that, oh, yeah, of that's course. mitigating right yeah, no, like
0: you, you're absolutely right yeah you do have to get the wizard in range i super agree with that um uh yes and that is actually a really important thing so yeah early game you're gonna get a lot more spells off in towards the mid game then it's going to become less less common that's actually super interesting cav getting an enhancement spell early and then going really far Makes a lot of yep. sense. Can um, conveyed
1: somewhere. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, yeah, you or you got maybe you got like a, a grumpy rune smith in a in a in a marching column off on a flank somewhere, and you zip zip those dwarves up nine inches so that they're in range to dispel uh, your enemy wizard. You know stuff like that. It's it's cool. And, and like, what do what do we always say about fantasy? Like, or the old world is that. Movement is paramount and um, like one of the most crunchy, interesting parts of the game. Now you're adding even more importance to the location of different things on the table and where you move them around to. So it's super cool. I think it's a great dynamic.
0: Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's quite interesting because I think it's going to make spellcasting much less reliable. Obviously, you're going to end up with what we call magic doms. Uh, So people who are much more (laughs) dominant in the magic phase, your techlaces, your croaks, other magic yeah. doms as an example.
1: Okay. Getting those sparklywish.com uh, items. Excellent. Yes.
0: Exactly. Getting them nipple tassel caster <laughs> spells. Uh, a, a, double six counts, uh, a double six counts as the, an unbinding, uh, dispelling no matter the casting roll, but should you roll a double one, you've been outclassed in the art, and you <laughs> must roll on the miscast table. That's just stupid shit. <laughs> what?
1: It's one of those things where uh i think it was like well wait a minute if if we don't do this then you can just you can just roll dispels unlimited you know with no downside right <laughs> we, and we gotta have it we got we have to have a negative <laughs> yeah exactly that's fine <laughs> so i don't know um i think there there will be times where you're just like yeah just have it and in general too this is one of those things because the likelihood of a miscast on any given role is very low it's one in 36 um You're going to like, this is a classic, um, this is something I remember learning like sort of early in my 40 K days, which is like, if you can, if you can cast something, you don't always cast it because even though there's a low chance of something bad happening, if you don't need to take the risk, you don't take it. So if you don't need to dispel something, don't dispel it. It does give you, it does force a little bit of a decision. Most people will just blindly always dispel and they'll just blindly always cast. Assuming nothing bad's gonna happen. And then every now and again, something bad's gonna happen. <laughs> eh. It's not I, the worst. Again, the miscast table is, I would say, not a big deal. Also, like you roll a seven or above on the miscast table, unless there's a specific one for dispelling, it's really who cares? Like, it's not like you're losing anything.
0: No, I know. I understand that. But like, when I watch my opponent cast a, cast a spell, I double one, I strength 10 my whole unit. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then yeah. they then also cast the spell and do the spell stuff. I'll be like, "Oh well, this sucks." That's uh, why you
1: don't. That's what you get for trying to put the star on the top of the Christmas tree, Griswold.
0: <laughs> you, <laughs> you, I like that it has got. You've been outclassed in the art. Just because like, yeah. I can just picture across tables, someone being like, "Outclassed, bitch!" Uh. <laughs> Looks like you got outclassed. Look at mm. you, are outclassed. Uh, it's got such, uh, like vine level, like schoolyard bullying, uh, available <laughs> to it. It's just, <laughs> uh, uh,
1: yes, it's good.
0: I, I like it. I mean, I, I don't know. I personally think that that particular bit is going to like, I know you've been like, oh, I'll be fine. I think that's at least going to cause some controversy. I think people are going to be like, I think I'm excited to see what like the comments on YouTube, the comments on the podcast and stuff, like what they say about this bad boy, because this is crazy.
1: Yeah, I yeah, I again I think it's just one of the in general, because like even just the you know on on these two rare occurrences roll on a table, like even that's I mean, fundamentally it's clunky, right? Like just like how miscasts work. Um and then like <laughs> you're right, to have <laughs> insult to injury of your opponent gets the cast off and then you also uh you know, nuke your own unit. <laughs> Yeah, it's a double. It's a double kick in the in the nuts. But you know these things. It's, that's that's Warhammer, baby. That's just that's fantasy, baby. You know, like it's just the way it is. I mean, remember where we're coming from here, Rob. Like that's. I mean, that's, listen. That's
0: compared to six dice in a purple sun, we are in heaven. We're, <laughs> we're floating, doing great. We're vibing. We're war magicing right <laughs> we're doing, now. We're on we're TikTok war magicking, having a great time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's more, both casting and dispel rolls can be further modified by a wealth of magic well, items available to wealth. wizards That means lots yeah, Lots And by a number of special rules, it's a real battle of arcane wits out there um, Okay, so like I'm excited to see magic items and stuff If a player finds themselves unable to attempt a wizardly spell, they may make one fated dispel per turn an unmodified 2d6 attempt uh this to offset this is certain you so like you're never going to be at level four basically uh certain units notably dwarfs have yes. an innate resistance to magic making it harder for enemy wizards to cast spells upon them successfully uh so like probably when you play against like because it's quite difficult right if you have a purely magic air army and your opponent has uh like not an anti-magic army dwarves aren't dwarfs aren't dwarfs I guess are anti magic, but they more eschew magic versus like necessarily hunt magic like corn.
1: No, so, they they were straight savages in the magic. Field. They would just sh- they, in my experience, they just shut you down. They they had runes that would let you like they would un- like they had a rune of unbinding, so they could have a dispel scroll, a rune of unbinding, and the rune of unbinding. If they spent enough on it, would destroy the spell that you used. Yeah, so they were ruthless. Um, yeah, so uh,
0: uh, what I wanted to. Um, what well, I wanted to sorry I was not necessarily talking about mechanics because you're right actually the mecha- you thanks for reinforcing oh, my point I see. No, see. Yeah, l- okay. the mechanics absolutely were that they shut down the magic compared to like the you know the Ludo narrative in that that they are just thank you Ludo narrative hello <laughs> uh, in that that they just um, you know basically aren't aren't fans of Magic so what I think is quite interesting about this is it's quite clear that if I tried to cast spells on the dwarfs no. We don't like magic, shrug it off, not part uh-huh. of us. However, I can still buff up my own units. Like if buffing my Maybe, army yeah. is like like the way that my army plays, so that's quite nice because it yeah. it means that you aren't aggressing on me, so I do have a natural defense against it, but you're also still able to play the way that you play. That's quite a nuanced piece of reflection in the rules writing, which I think is very yeah. cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. I, I like um
1: I, I like I like the way you just did it. They could also just have a like minus one to cast if you're within 12 inches of a dwarf, which would be less cool than what you just described, which could be like minus two to like use these magics versions on a dwarf unit. If it's targeted, you know, like like, I like the way you just described it, where it's like if you're coming at us, we're going to stop you just like passively and then dispel you. Um, Whereas like maybe you can still buff your own stuff, move your own things around. You'd still have you'd still have recourse against dwarves, which is cool. Mm -hmm okay
0: yeah uh so then we got uh the, so that's kind of where we're at so far uh, and Rune smiths can make dispel attempts but we knew that already okay a damsel causing distress and this is where we get into some absolute hot hey, property hot property. shout out
1: shout out this subheading damsels causing distress i think it was very good i oh, like yeah? that a lot i like <laughs> damsels causing distress <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Uh, let's take a closer look at one of the first spell singers to be released next year. Yes. Spell slingers. Sorry, the Bretonian handmaiden of, from the of the lady from the lowliest first level damsel to the mightiest prophetess. These formidable priestesses of the Lady of the Lake may pick from three spell laws: naturalistic elementalism, trixie illusion, or battle
1: magic for where the direct approach is best. Okay. Did Did the actor who played Maid Marian get something for being the sculpt? <laughs> like she's like literally the the Robin Hood men and not men and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves made Marion actor, whoever that is.
0: What about the guy who was literally the face of the of the Dark Ages Primag? Like he could sue. He should just From sue. Charles yeah, Dance. Real. Is that it? is that who it is? He should just sue. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I actually heard this is a kind of like side rumor I've heard that um, there was a meeting where they were told they have to stop stop sculpting people like famous people. That's a... Yeah. That's a rumor yeah, I, I heard. It could be. It could
1: yeah. be. Anyway, uh,
0: made married in the game. Uh, made Marian in the game. many's the lady. So we've got a prophetess and a damsel mm. uh, and they've got like a couple of... There's a wound difference between the two. Leadership buff as well. 25 mil base. Uh, and then we got the fact that she's a level... Go on, after you.
1: I, I, all I was going to say is... Prophetess, who's the Lord level of uh caster on three wounds, damsel the hero level caster on two wounds, that is exactly the same as it was. Yeah. So that is a big tip to Characters not necessarily being any more beefy than they were before. Yeah, you did. You did talk about this last week,
0: uh, and I think that's actually a great shout. That's a bit of a shame. Like maybe adding plus one wound to all of those characters maybe it would have kept them in the game a little bit more. Um, you know, losing a BSB on two wounds for no real reason seems a bit yikesy. Uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right. That's
1: a clear indication of where we're going with the the wound cap. And I, I mean, I've I guess in my in my grave attempts to defend. Uh, fantasy eighth edition and probably previous editions too it really felt to me like they had the overall sort of level set of the of the units and character stats pretty good like it feels it felt right like the relative strengths of things felt right um and what i'm seeing more and more because one would assume that considering it has a base size written on it and all that kind of stuff, that this is your index handmaidens of the lady. This isn't the, this isn't the army book or codex version of it. This is going to be from, you know, the launch set of army lists. This is my assumption. I don't know that. Um, and, um, and just, again, we're going to see the density of rules, the detail of rules that you get out of the box is insane. And on top of that, it just feels like a port. It feels like they have taken the previous editions made maybe some minor changes and they've just put it into the new game and that's crazy normally that takes you know launch of the game you get a bunch of like vanilla stuff and then they sell you the army book or the codex to give the flavor we are getting the stew right off the top uh i can't talk about how cool that is and we're getting it for everything
0: yeah i agree it's gonna take weeks, months to pour through all of the the rules. It's no. going to be so fun. It's going to be so fun. Yeah, I agree. No. Uh, so level 3 wizard, battle magic, tells you what they can have, and then options. Uh, maybe mounted a prophetess, maybe a level 4 wizard, purchase magic items up to 100 points, so it's all literally the same as what we've known from previous editions. Uh, maybe a level 2 wizard, purchase up to 50 points if it's a hero level. And then we've got some special rules, or of the lady, blessing the lady, lore of the lady, magical attacks, magic resistance minus 2, and shield of the lady as you can see she comes with plenty of options take her as lowly first level conjurer or more, if, more mighty fourth level mage she can also be mounted on a warhorse, a Bretonian war horse, a royal pegasus or a unicorn 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 uh, so here you can see a unicorn stat and I think this is where you get a raging clue is this correct? Um,
1: there's a couple of raging clues here okay go for it uh, well one raging clue um this is interesting so unicorn obviously a mount now it's Monsters Cav and it's giving plus one wound but they're just writing that into the stat line so uh what made Monsters calf interesting in previous games was that um it would uh you would use the highest toughness of the unit That's How it worked so generally speaking the Mount and the highest wound value of the unit which was generally the Mount plus one um so they've just made it so the Mount provides an extra wound to the model. I'd love to see if all cav in general just get two wounds, like base. That'd be so sick. Um, but this means that you know your your lord on a on a unicorn is getting uh, four wounds. But I think the clue you're referring to is that 40 by 60. Am I right? Well, no, that's your raging clue. I have a completely separate raging clue. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. So the 40 by 60, very strange uh, base size, because <laughs> we've been saying for a while um, that. The new large calf uh, size is gonna be 30 by 60 millimeters. So 30 wide, 60 long. I guess they just needed a little bit more girth on her and they made it 40, but it's gonna <laughs> because the damsel's supposed anyway, it's it's a strange sizing. Also throws back to the 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 um the initial pictures of the of the Pegasus knights. People yep. were really confused by the way the the bases looked. I assume they'd be fifty by seventy-five because they're Monsters Calf. But uh, I think maybe why they looked weird is that they're this new base size. This is a base size that hasn't existed—forty by sixty.
0: Yeah, I think we're going to see a bunch of base sizes that pre- didn't previously exist, which I think would be interesting. And don't worry if you are out there and panicking; uh, the square-based uh, show will have you covered. We'll get some files made, even even rectangular-based. We'll have that base size made today. That's all. Damn it. it! We're going to wow. put that on. We're going to put that on Patreon. That's what we're going to do today. Ooh. Today. Um, uh, uh, terms and conditions apply Uh (laughs) okay so and there's a bunch of really fun stuff in here specifically uh, she's at her best when she joins a unit as her aura confers magical attacks and magic resistance I love that personally Uh, to the brave men and women she leads and her shield of the lady ability allows her to seek sanctuary in the back rank where she can cast her spells untroubled by the aggression of the foe Um, so I love that So she can go in the back ranks thanks to special rules. She confers magical attacks. I do like units, joining units and conferring an effect on the unit. I think that's Mm -hmm. very thematic. I think that's also really fun for army building. That's very fun for meta building. That's all good stuff.
1: Or you don't like it? It's not that I don't like it. It's just that it can lead to what it leads to, which is Death Stars. Unless there's there's mitigating factors um, like you know, certain, like, being careful with what stacks and what doesn't stack. Um, but, like, are, how many characters are allowed to join a given unit or things like that. I think that's how, I think that's kind of how 40k got so extreme with how they dealt with it, was just trying to, like, eliminate Death Stars. So, we'll see. Um, it's going to be so much fun, like like you said, like, army list building and all that kind of stuff, trying to pack as many buffs as humanly possible into a given unit, which we're all going to do. Um, anyway, yeah, like, for cool instance, in yeah
0: like seeing like you know like seeing a, like a unit and they would be like oh okay that's a pretty good unit and be like don't forget this one's also now magical attacks you would be like oh nice like it's nice. like yeah and it also adds like if you were to be like a full-time hobbyist you know you can literally do your unit of peg knights or whatever um and then you've got your magical unit of peg knights, right where you mm-hmm. get like you get real weird about it and i love that that's fun um, okay, as a Battle Magic user, her signature spell is... Oh, is this what I wanted to show? No, this is my Raging Clue. I have a Raging okay. Clue here. Okay. Okay, so she's going to be on a unicorn. We've seen that model released. Yeah, yeah. or, or promo right? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, a bretonian on a Royal Pegasus. A damsel on a Royal Pegasus. That model does not exist. No existing. Okay, this is my Raging Clue. Go ahead. All of the books... Indexes the renegade factions. So the ones in the core. This is a core book. So the yep. core books and renegade faction books will have multiple unit entries with no miniature. Games Workshop sells.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. That's like, yeah nuts. That's dude. nuts, dude. Uh, everything except Britonia and Tomb Kings probably will be miniatures that they don't sell. <laughs>
0: But I mean, but like they're gonna. I mean, we started out with the first faction, and if I want a damsel on a unicorn, no, not unicorn, sorry, a damsel on a Pegasus. That's something I have to get somewhere else. There's like two like conversations that have to happen here. Number one, it's actually really exciting as hobbyists yes. that we've got all of these options and these things to do. So love that. That's great. From a business perspective, it's an incredibly terrible choice. To just be like, he's just like he, We don't want your money,
1: like unless have, yeah, unless they design, which they have been, their mm. kits to be kit bashed. The Royal Pegasus is designed so the rider is separate from the horsey. Okay. So you, so you, you, it's designed so that if you walk into a store, you can be upsold multiple Pegasi because, uh, you know, you can fire a damsel on there. You the, the kit itself makes three different things, and then you can put other stuff on there. The 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 foot knights because uh, we're going to learn about grail knights next week. Uh, the foot knights are designed to be modular, so you can take those arms and swing them onto things. As long as no one ever actually just says 3D printing anywhere within hundred feet of a games workshop, there's a good <laughs> chance the first purchase, uh, you know, like they will, will be unknown. However, you're right; it does provide not just 3D printers, uh, like STL manufacturers and stuff, opportunity, but it provides you know a lot of the third party. Sculptors out there who still actually cast things and, and, and make stuff opportunity and also provides GW a lot of opportunity to fill in holes in its range and make cool stuff. Um, and also I think to me this feels less like I, I don't like the idea of of of, of, of saying that like that it's um there's two things here. There's actually two bugaboos that 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 really bother me that are both happening here simultaneously. One, you can't produce oh um, where yeah. are we going now we're back um what was i saying oh two bugaboos that uh, people always say are one oh you can't release every codex off the front they're not going to make off the top they're not going to make any money why would anyone buy a codex or an army book so we're going to see we're going to see we're going to have a complete deep rule set that's ready and good to go from the first moment and two this whole like if you don't make the models you're, you're giving away money thing um Well, I don't think so because it's going to make people excited. Like, you know, like, yeah, you're not giving, maybe you're not getting every penny out of someone. So if someone's spending a hundred bucks on, on old world, maybe you're getting $80 instead of the hundred, but because they have so many options that allows their imagination to run that much more wild. That allows them to, you know, want to do more things rather than being like, eh, I don't really like the way these models look or, you know, like I, I, I don't like the way that GW does the specific thing and then being turned off. It just The more opportunity you have for imagination and to like let your mind run wild, the deeper you get pulled in. And it doesn't always mean that that means that the money goes to somebody else. It probably still comes back to Games Workshop in the form of kit bashing and all kinds of stuff, I think. I, I think th- in general I
0: think, I think I think there's situations and they've had situations in the past where stuff has not been available and while people have kitbash kits like Colex on it e- was a good example Kadai destroyer was a good example you know you saw multiple different like you know things co-opted in like and uh, the pe- uh, you know a lady on a pegasus is a little bit more achievable than let's say I don't know, Colec. If they do Warriors of Chaos and Colec is in there, you know, and Colec doesn't... So it doesn't have a model. Uh, you know, there's plenty of 3D prints out there. And there is... I wouldn't say there's much that's very colecable from... I've seen a couple of people do some OK Colecs, um from GW Minis and stuff. Like, I think I think everything you said is absolutely right. I think it gives people loads of options for being too creative. And that's why I started out with... That's the first bit, yeah? yeah. It could be creative. But also there's a bunch of people who are like that's not really my bag like just sell me the mini I want that mini and they'll find that a frustrating process that like maybe they carry them like that's no you have to understand people are busy people don't have time and people some some people are a bit like I just like to buy the model and play with the model yeah and they're like no you've got to keep actually like well I don't feel very good at doing that like you know I think there's we have to like work towards hobbyists at all levels and I think like I don't want to I don't want to be getting to like a a Gary Chalk situation where it's like you haven't made 900 of your own boards, you're an idiot. Yeah. Like I don't want to be there. Like I'd like I'd like it so that you know everyone had accessibility, especially as, and I still believe this, in fact, maybe even more so nowadays, I think we're gonna get a lot of new hobbyists into the old world. And while it's a great opportunity for them to learn, which is really fun, I think like needing to like you have to learn versus you can learn a different convos being forced into a position to learn but i do agree with you creativity wonderful you know exploring the hobby great you know exploring other artists also great so all those are good but i think excitingly this means that there'll be more minis or at least more units returning to the old world than i thought were going to return and that's actually super exciting
1: and like this also removes the need to ever legend anything, which is fantastic. Um, I think just to, just because I, I understand what you're saying, like, and maybe this is a bit like uh, our, our like the miscast table on on uh, on dispelling. Is it a big deal? Um, like on this one, I think for a lot of people, like no matter what, brass tacks. If you're coming into this, even if Games Workshop makes the model, it's it's a pain in the dick uh, or whatever <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Or whatever <laughs> part of your body you want to have a pain in, uh, you know, like it's 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 How, like if you're just coming off the street best. and you and you like and you like Total War and you see the nice beautiful box art and you open it and you're like what <laughs> like this, <laughs> uh, you know, like I mean, that's again you are at the bottom of a vertical cliff. It is it is this is the Princess yeah, Bride. Right. You are on Andre the Giant's back, just hoping that you make it up to the top, right? Yeah. Like. So like
0: Yeah, what, having, are not, what have our armies are not like a gentle walk up a like <laughs> uh, gentle walk up a hill? They are they are NASA rockets. They are yes. just like, oh, I'm going straight up. Oh, okay, yeah, I did not except know. Except you
1: also have to build the rocket. Like, like it's like like there's nothing there's nothing easy about it. And I think honestly, again, we could do a whole show on what part what parts of these is a feature, and which parts is a bug. But to me, actually, the more like cracks you leave. The more people can get into it, and like I think that's that's why I think ultimately it's great. And then on top of that, I think, no, unlike I think, before, no,
0: no, I, I think I have to I have to say it, it, they could they could, but I think equally they could be disin, disheartened. Like I think like because that's a mistake I've made over the years. I've been like like someone in the chat, Gemoy has just said, oh, you can just put another character on another model. That's fine." I'm like, please understand that some people find that daunting. That's all I want to say. Like, sure. Yeah. And yes. That's it. How? Like, for as many people as excited about the process, there's other people. I'm not saying it's equal. I don't
1: know what the numbers would be.
0: There are people mm-hmm. who just find that daunting. That's it. That's all I yes. want to say.
1: And uh, and I would say also mitigating that though would be, unlike before where that would be maybe a turnoff for some, and I will accept that. I will accept your point, sir. Now there's Etsy.
0: Uh, yeah, no, there there's, is. Oh, there, there's, right? there's, yeah, there's my mini factory just printing minis for you. Yeah, there's third party developers all over. You're absolutely right. I agree with you, which is why I started it all off with it's super exciting. Like, And some of this stuff is very exciting because some stuff isn't necessarily designed to be Colec, but it's some big dragon with a hammer. And you're like, yeah, that could be my Colec. That would be really fun. But lovely. <laughs> we're back please that'd be great Uh, okay so um, should we move on I think I think that's good
1: yeah no I think this has been a great chat like it's uh, I don't know it's all all good man no it's so
0: good it's so good like like, honestly like when I cottoned on to this I was like okay Colex coming back I always wanted Colex I love playing Colex in Total War like and that's another thing as well I guess like okay here's a good example let's do a customer journey I think that's fun I play Total War. I love Total War. Okay. I play Colex yep. and Eater all the time. I just stomp on noobs. Boom, boom, boom. I turn mm-hmm. up, yeah, and they're like, right, Old World, you can play. Warriors of Chaos, those are my guys. Colex in there, nice. I'm going to buy him. No. Okay. <gasps> Like and, and and like you said, you walk into a games workshop because that's another good example. Let's be completely new. Let's like assume that they've never just posted once on Reddit or anything else, which is dumb. <laughs> but like, yeah. like it's a stupid assumption, I know. But they walk into that games workshop, like you say the person that's going to upsell you a damsel and a Pegasus and, say, kick them together, he's going to be like, well, why don't you green stuff this miniature into this miniature? And they're like, dude, I don't know how to glue models together. This is my first day. Like, yeah. So you're right. It's a vertical leap, but it's exciting. It's also daunting, I think. I really do think it's daunting.
1: Facade. Everything about everything, about, I guess. Everything is everything about this is, is absurd and daunting. Now wow.
0: I realize I have to do a Colex Sunny Arami, Otherwise, what the fuck am I doing?
1: <laughs> Chat and myself also wondering who's Kolek? Is he like one of the big like He's, worst the, dra- guys? he's,
0: he's the he's the Warriors of Chaos dragon ogre. Okay. He, they never released a model, but he was like the king of the dragon ogres. So,
1: Kragnos like, or whatever. Cranos. Yeah, yeah. Cragnos Craig,
0: yeah. is a good example, but with a hammer, more dragony, more ogry. Like I have seen people kitbash the top of a Bloodthirster on top of uh, a Star Drake because he has like the dragon body legs. He's a centaur dragon. He's an ogre on top of a dragon. <laughs>
1: I love. I love. Like, as the dad of a three-year-old, I love how, like, very rapidly us explaining things to each other just sounds like stuff he tries to tell me breathlessly. Like, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a dra- it's dragon with, with uh, but legs of a horse, yeah. and he's got a hammer, and he's so
0: cool. Also, he loves lightning. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that's it, like, that's it, right? Like, and if you... If you really love that guy and there's no model, like I can think of this, like when I was playing third edition 40K as a a stinky teen, there was no battle wagon. Battle wagons were in the rule book. It was the coolest thing. There was no battle wagon. I wanted whatever a battle wagon was because it sounded dope as hell. Mm -hmm. And so like that made me be like, all right, what could I make a battle wagon out of? And that kind of got me excited because you do have to have... Ultimately, you do need some crafter mentality, full stop, to learn even how to group glue something together, right? Like you need that, right? And like, and if then if there's like a little little bit of an incentive to like create something again, like I don't know, I think that that's, I'm with that's an i An element think, of the hobby I, that, that I couldn't I think agree does with you more.
0: Exist. I think I agree with you. Like uh, having having so many oh, thank you uh, having so many like good options available, especially to a bunch of different people, is really positive. I'm super on board with that. I just wanted to. Yeah also talk about the other side of it no, I, I so. yeah absolutely and also absolutely. just a company not wanting to make money which is just my favorite thing we talk about this our podcast coming in soon why games workshop hates
1: money <laughs> i i think that this actually isn't one of those things no I really don't, shut up I man really, i really don't okay all right
0: this. okay we'll talk about that on another show okay that makes a lot of sense all right well,
1: So, actually i really want to dive on this thread man i know i know you're trying to move it on but like keep going keep going Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, like I really wanted to have on this thread because this is the it's just it, this is the chapter house thing, right? Like they they got into the they got into a, a fight with with a, a company that was making. Actually, I think what they really were got sued over was that there's a there's the Storm Raven, which is a flying tank in forty k, and they made a kit to extend the body because when this model came out, it was very controversial that it was like this un, un- aerodynamic box in a universe of unaerodynamic boxes. This was absurd. So they made this extension kit and they called it the Storm Raven extension kit. And then they got sued for using that term. And they used the term space marine. They got sued for using those terms. And that is that is the... Basically, this is Alan Merritt then. The reaction to that was, okay, we're not making anything that... like We're not writing rules for anything we don't sell. And um, as a result, you get stuff in 40K like... Um, there's no... There, for a long time, there was like no primaris... Uh, chaplain with a jump pack which like why can't you have a primary chaplain with a jump pack you just literally just glue a jump pack on the back of a primary chaplain boom you're done that's what we've been doing for centuries and so you get into these things where it's cravenly obvious the only reason you can't do a thing in the game is because they want to sell it to you and whenever that happens that makes me say go fuck yourself you know well, what I mean? Is, yeah, they, every they, they, single time. Like so if Kratos if Kranos didn't have rules, but I knew he existed, I'd be like, why doesn't he have rules? And then I would find out, oh, because they don't make a model. And it's like, well, what the? go fuck yourself. Like you're just trying to squeeze me. You don't have to squeeze me. I will give you lots of money. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm. Um, yeah, no, sorry. I'm, I got, I got, no, I got, all, I got all fired no, up. I, no, so no,
0: listen, listen. I agree with you. Like, I don't like DLC culture, and I do think the creativity of the hobby is is super, super important. And I do, and this is why STS is based. It's an STS decision. This would yeah. never come out of Games Workshop main anymore. Never. never. This is an absolute. But it's crazy to see, like, because you know you are literally like, and this is really hard to like, I guess accept. Is that I'm actually looking at a games workshop I've never known. If that makes true, sense, true. like is that? Yeah, well, yeah, no, you've yeah. got to remember, like, I like I yeah, went to true. Warhammer Fantasy Battle at the end. There was all these yeah. miniatures that weren't available, and people were like, "I live in Nottingham. I would go to Warhammer World if I wanted to play. I couldn't play with a 3D print model or an alternate model, so then these things were available. So even the World of Warhammer that you could go to, and you could play Warhammer Fantasy Battle at the fucking home of it, they were like, yeah. no. I know we make rules for that model, but you cannot use that other thing in there. And I'm like, you don't make it. Like, what can I do? They're like, Kitbash, you must buy it. So I've only known the Games Workshop that's then been like, you must use us. And interestingly, like I'm making a video at the minute. I've told you about this already. I've talked about the proprietary nature of models in Wargaming, which is like a very like establishing that started in the 80s with Games Workshop and a bunch of other stuff. And I think it's quite interesting to actually see artists make something and be like, why don't you just make it? And you're like, What? Like this <laughs> <laughs> is it's kind of crazy. Like it's crazy to come at it from this angle. And people who've been into it a long time are like, yeah, that's how it used to be. But that's not how it is anymore. And I think a lot of people are gonna be confused and uncomfortable because they're like, this is not what's going on. Like and then also excited. The the follow on is super excited by that process, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the, yeah. Great chat, man. Yeah, hell yeah. And then and and yes.
0: Awesome. <laughs> good. <laughs> good. All That's right. So, so we got so, yeah, me too. Me too. Because I actually <laughs> think it, it's really good. Really, really good. Uh right. Also, okay, so as a battle magic user, oh Tepri Dissy in the chat. Can we talk about that first? Or oh, Dickie?
1: Oh, Dicky, third place finisher. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. What's up, Dickie?
0: He Did says, it Can it we seat. start saying the creators of this game since Games Workshop won't? I think our rules writer is JVT Joe. Oh that's just my j-y-t, J-Y-T. Think, yeah. j-t-y uh, jonathan J-T-Y. taylor jonathan york is the writer of our game jty wow uh, yeah that's the right about game.
1: short material uh <laughs> what <do> you mean <laughs> well that's like literally I've, no one's spoken the name out loud there's so much speculation out there over who the actual writer of this game is um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's big. So there
0: we go. We're going to, we, can we get some JTYs in the comments, JTYs in the chat? Did you what? JTY? <laughs> <Thanks to> JTY? <laughs> thanks to JTY for the sick rules. Oh, shit. What, how do we get on that's that? No. it. No, well, I'll just, I, so I was just saying, uh, that, um, I think we just had a really good chat about all of that. And, uh, you know, like, and it's crazy. Like, I would quite like to go through all of the units in the game, which probably won't have models ever, or they definitely won't have models at the beginning, but you had a follow-up thought.
1: Yeah, uh, just that we don't know how these armies even like, we know that the non-core are gonna be paused and they'll, they'll be, uh, well, actually available right now. It's called Age of Sigmar. Um, uh, but we don't know how the core factions are gonna be rolled out. It's, there's, a, there's a world where the game launches and literally the only thing in the line is Tomb Kings and Bretonians. Um, that's possible. Uh, it's also possible that all of the core factions they make five or six kits each and those are sort of available in principle but not reality for all of the core factions <laughs> so we don't we don't really know how rollout's going to happen and there's a good chance that everything is going to be hard to come by so yeah
0: very very possible based on production issues they're still currently having which i think is uh, interesting
1: okay right I, no. Go on. No, I was just, I, all I was going to say is I keep seeing like Facebook posts from my like lo- local hobby stores where they, they get restocks and it's just like a dump truck of miniatures has backed up to the, the tiny game store. And it's like, right, you ordered a bunch of models. And like, they just like dump what they've been trying to get for six months all in one day. And, uh, so I have been noticing like that, like a lot of restocking has been happening recently, I guess Christmas. Um, but, uh, yeah, like also, there's been there's been a a backlog of things that they haven't uh, that they're finally seem to be getting around to. I haven't checked out the web carts to see if if anything is coming back in stock more now, but there was a while there where there was a lot of stuff missing. Maybe because they were ramping up for this. Who knows? Maybe. Um, maybe. 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 <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, so uh, we're going to go and talk about battle magic. So we now look at some of these uh, amazing little uh, like spells. So as a battle magic user, her signature spell is Hammerhand, and a Selmet cast in combat. Um, as well. She's got a, an Elementalist she can storm call an enemy unit, slowing them and dulling their wits, and while Illusionists may cast Glittering Robe on their allies, making them harder to hit in combat. No Knights of the Realm should leave the Keep without a Damsel in tow. So here we see some of our first spells, and there's a lot more context on these now that we know we're adding the, the casting value to the 2d6. Sure. So casting yep. was 7, so it's only be a 3 to cast, so it's super easy. Casting Combat, it's an Assailment spell. This is Hammerhand. And it's two D three strength four hits at AP two, so it's a great, it's good amount of damage uh, in combat. I'd say that's a great spell for like doing a little bit of extra damage in combat. Um, probably makes as it, like if you if you were to give that attack profile to a combat character, you'd be like, that's pretty good, pretty good, yeah, yeah. pretty good.
1: So that's, yeah, that's- four because well, that's four hit. That's basically on average four hits. Like so, so you're already so that's like in a lot of cases that's like eight attacks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like that's that is that's pretty good. Also, in the specific case of the damsel, she's just chilling out in the back rank. When, when we saw this already once, I think in a previous in a previous reveal, and uh, I thought to myself, well, that means that your casters in the front rank getting punched in the face. That's not where they want to be. But in the specific case of a damsel, because this isn't uh, a caster who's in base contact with the enemy, it's in combat with, with with the enemy. She can just be chilling in that back rank, just like throwing. Throwing those hammer hands over the top uh, top shoulders of knights in front of her. That's pretty dope.
0: Uh, I think that's really good. So actually, And then the fact that it's that easy to cast is going to make her a legitimate threat. But she'll probably be in range of your caster, so it goes off 50% of the time. Uh, Glitter and Robes is on an 8, so it's going to be a 4 to cast on a level 4. A little bit more difficult, or an average cast on a level 1. Uh, again, it's casting yourself uh, until your next start of turn subphase. Enemy units suffer a minus one modifier to any rolls they hit made against the caster and any unit they've joined, which is an amazing spell. Uh, if, this, if, if this spell is cast, the effect of any other enhancement previously cast on any of the affected models immediately expires. And that's even more huge. Love that.
1: that- so there you go so we, we, we talked about death stars very briefly that's a way that you start to mitigate death stars you make it so that when you have enchantments like this they say basically without saying it you can only you, there can only be one so you you mid it you you limit the amount of stacked benefits that you can have on it including other instances of glittering rope it's a nice yep. elegant way to do that I, I think that that's
0: fantastic because they do the same with the hexes. And so you, your fear, like definitely adding a universal special rule to a unit, you know, multiple characters in a unit all being like, you know, we're giving them frenzy, we're giving them magical resistance or whatever. You're absolutely right. That could build a Death Star. But knowing that the spells intentionally don't stack on singular units... So you can't stack a bunch of spells to make a Death Star is awesome in my personal opinion.
1: Also um, very good. Very Also, you good. called something out there which I I haven't caught out caught at all, which is that before we were seeing the seven plus to cast as being sort of like you know your middling spell like level, but in my head I was like that's eh, still not very good. But the worst casting value unmodified that you can have to do that is a six, which is more likely than than a seven. So like it, well it, a it, seven it's cause immediately it,
0: easier because. Because the six will be it's, a miscast, right?
1: Well, uh, no. So the um what I was saying is like the like if you have a seven to cast yeah. and you're a level one, you pointed out that you're gonna need to roll a six to cast it, not a yes. seven. Yes, yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, then, like so even, that puts it in the positives to cast.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Makes it makes it above average that you're gonna cast those spells.
0: Yeah, like, yeah. I really like think. Storm Call. A, yeah, I think there'll be a value to to upgrade into a level two now. 100%, like, you know, you, you normally used to have a level 1 as some sort of magic caddy, but just an additional plus 1 is going to make some of these spells. And these spells are legit, like, honestly. Um, Stormcall,
1: the one we're looking at right now, is, is super legit.
0: Cast on a 7, range of 12 inches. Until starting next turn subphase, the target enemy unit suffers a minus 1 modifier to its movement and initiative characteristics to a minimum of 1. If this spell is cast, the effects of any other hex spells also go away. And I love that again because you can't you can't ultra nuke a unit with with hexes. So there's a good level of like everything's gonna just have small fluctuations versus egregious changes. And I'm I'm really pro that.
1: But al- but also, although like again, using the measuring stick of the nuclear bomb that we had in previous Magic. And actually I was I, I watched the the Triple Crown Wargaming where I try and plug every show. They they did a little review of this, and uh, as he pointed out, like things like lore of light, which is one of my favorite lores in in the previous game, were kind of overlooked because they didn't have a nuke spell. The big spell in that lore was a buffing spell, gave you plus one attack, gave you always strike first, and it gave you double your movement, which is crazy. Like it's really really good, and it was harder to cast than a purple sun for some reason. But anyway, um, like so, but because that's a buffing spell and not a uh, you know, massive power spell, and there were no massive power spells in that lore, it got overlooked, even though it was probably very good. Mm. Now, in the context of this, this may seem like not a big deal when you compare it to, um, like, Akram's Mind Raiser, which would, like, give you a negative to initiative and weapon skill and a bunch of stuff if you overcast it, um, but is still, like, a significant impact... To the game. So you're taking, uh, you know, like on a marching unit, you're taking two inches off of their range. You're screwing up their charges, um, and then even if they do get the charge, they're not getting the benefit of that charge as much because they're getting an initiative penalty. I mean, it doesn't seem like much, but in the context of the new game, it will have an impact.
0: Yeah, I think I think I think all these spells. I think you're good. You, I don't know. Depends on the price of the casters, but I could see you taking having several different casters versus just you know a level four, a level one, you know, as a combo. I think you might see a bunch more because especially being embedded in a unit, being able to do an enhancement spell on them that's decent. um, Like because you could really, you could really have just a unit of you know normal dudes with a level two caster that does something quite effective. Uh, to make that unit much better, like yeah. much better, um, and then you know you're in a really good spot. So you could have like I, I really love that idea. I think that's really good. It's a nice way of making magic stronger without like it just nukes stuff, which is
1: good. Uh, okay, go on. We didn't we didn't actually get to see how we generate because there's there was actually an interesting little tidbit in here too, if I recall, which was um, and again this might be a warcom miscommunication, but that you pick your lore at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Which was interesting. Um and then I'm one like I I wonder what are your thoughts here? Do you pick or is it going to be random? I think it will be random because I would like to see pick mainly because
0: like, you know, going into a battle and then, you know, you've you've strategized even if even if it's not like for a tournament, even if it's just for, you know, this unit's definitely going to do this cool thing. Yeah. yeah, and then it being random, and you're like, oh, okay, I guess I won't do this cool thing this game. But you know, it's my only game this week. You know, all this month, and this is my one time to play with my friends. And you know, if you were playing that game, I'd just be like, I just say, just pick you, just spell man, like happily. Um, I think I'd like to see pick, but I think they'll choose random to keep the flavor of what the game is.
1: I, I I'll I'll have to rely on chat. But this this feels a lot like the eighth edition Magic system from Forty K, the eighth and I guess ninth too. Hmm. Although I don't remember, I think it was. Um, I think those, and I know that well. Certainly, eighth was pick, and I I feel this gives me picking vibes. And I don't know what they do in Horus Heresy, but it gives me picking vibes. Because also, I don't understand why like a learned wizard would be like, "All right, we got a battle coming up. Let me just see what I got." (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like. <laughs> I feel like I feel like this this will be yeah. As as Nergal says, roll or pick. That was one of the early versions of just always pick. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. No, I'm just gonna roll it. You know, I don't know why I'm feeling. I'm feeling lucky. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna roll for the spell I want. I mean,
0: yeah. we can all just make the adult decision right now to all roll. Uh, all pick. Sorry. Just be like, let's just all pick, and then we're we're good. it seems like that's one of those very easy community things just be like we're just all gonna we're just all going to unless it becomes like some sort of sub game you know being a level 4 you know 4 spells versus 2 so you're paying for the ability to definitely know more um, mm-hmm. you know signature spells are literally there to to be your fallback to the spell that you want there's something inless building and in doing that there's you know there's a really good conversation around all those elements but i think uh, you know an rng at the beginning of the battle that maybe decides the fate of the battle which is probably less so in this versus you know getting a big six die spell in the last edition
1: how but but, 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 but yeah. uh, again we also don't know about like if you have two level 4s um like, can they have overlapping... Like, can they have overlapping... Actually, how does that work in fantasy? Uh, um, I've never done that. Like, if you had two level four lore of life or whatever, there's, there's more spells that you could know than there are spells in the lore. Normally, you can't have multiples. I assume you just don't get them? I don't know. Anyway, um, like, I if you, you have you, two levels... you
0: get some, and I think you have to fill out the ones you don't have, and then you get to pick if I remember, but that's eight year ago memory, so I'm not sure. It's strange that this isn't in my memory bank.
1: But anyway, um, I guess where I was going with that is like the volume, uh, and I think that kind of references, the volume of magical stuff that you're going to be able to do. Let's assume you have a standard level four and a level two. That is uh, six, eight. That's eight spells that you can always cast every single game, every single turn um, on 2d6. Because you get you get your signature and you get two and then you get four, so that's eight spells. And there's no dice pool, so that means that you're always using those. Assuming you can cast, um, I think that do they say they know those spells or they can cast that many spells? Uh, it says that they know those many spells. There's
0: no so indication. It, there's no indication as to how many you could cast. I would assume if you can cast, like because so if you only know, let's say two, so you're a level one caster. Mm-hmm right so you know one spell that you do in the movement phase that's the only spell you're going to cast whereas if you're a level 4 caster and you know one in the you know in the combat phase in the movement phase in the strategy phase you know in the shooting phase and you can do all four then you will just do what I think it's just go- I think it's going to be you can cast as many spells as you have the ability to do in the phases. Like, it in was which, in like, and I think that's again a really nice way of like just quickly working it out, uh, which I think is quite quite easy. And again, another reason to maybe pay for a level two caster, you know, and bump up because you're be like, cool. I, I definitely because if there's no cost other than a few points, I definitely can see people maxing casters out. I think to no more spells yeah. also we- adds a lot of bonus to law
1: masters. Uh, yep. Wow. Right. But maybe maybe it's maybe your the casting amount is limited by your wizard level. So like if you because you if you're a level four, you know five spells because I we think you get the signature always. So it's not cause in previous editions you would swap a spell for the signature. Yeah in this it feels like you always know the signature. It's sort of like um, mind bullets in, in 40k the uh, yeah. way it used yeah. to be. Um, you always know that one. Um, so so you know that, but you can only cast four of those five. That feels about right. Um, and is super sick but to me that feels like actually unlike what we thought we were going into which was less magic feels like actually more magic but with um but not not as individually overpowering but still a tremendous amount of like back and smite thank you technicky was the, was the thing I was thinking of but like with 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 without like just the like nuclear option all the time but still tremendous abilities when you consider the fact that yeah maybe it's only going to be a a fireball a fireball is what 2d6 strength four hits no ap if that's the signature you can have four level ones with fireballs slinging out you know 8d6 of those you know what i mean like so there's like i reckon i reckon you won't be I
0: i don't think you'll be able to cast the same spell in the same phase I don't think you'll be able to have two fire wizards and be able to do fireball and fireball in the magic missile phase. I just don't think that's. I don't think you're going to see that. I think what you'll end up with. No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think that'll be the case. Well, okay, Maybe, we'll see. Uh, yeah, like, we'll see. I, we'll see. I think but that.
1: I mean, they would be learning from previous previous situations if they make it so you can only cast like fireball from anybody once. You can't spam that particular effect. Um, that would be that would be a smart limiter. I would agree with you, but. Signatures in the past, in in this game and others, um, have been things that you could cast for multiple casters.
0: Although Same now thing. I am picturing like seven fire mages all doing fireball, and it looks awesome <laughs> in my I, yeah, yeah, it looks awesome in my head. Like it looks so good, it looks like the pretty the bit, all right. Yeah, it would be really fun. But like, I think you'll just end up with just being able to cast one, which probably is ultimately a much healthier. If I'm 100% probably smarter, yeah, probably, probably, smarter. <laughs> put probably some, smart. Put
1: some put some limiters on there.
0: Smart there, hey bud. Probably just smart there. Um, in summary though the magic system may be simplified from additions past it retains its tactical depth uh, your spell can change the course of the game but the more blended interaction leads into action leading to a smoother experience I agree with that what's more because the ranges mm. have been cut short for both spells and dispels generals have a lot more thought into where they station their wizards and how they're used both in casting their own spells and countering enemy magic next week we'll be, be investigating the Grail Knights living saints and exemplars of the Bretonnia way of life and seeing how they interact with universal
1: special rules USRs so, so, odds. Odds they reveal a plastic Grey Knight kit. Oh. No. No. Are you
0: crazy? As if they would leave it this late. You think?
1: No. I Well, for like... Otherwise, we're going to see some awful models.
0: <laughs> awful.
1: <laughs> um,
0: all right, guesses in the comments. That's what you need. That's yeah, guesses, guesses in the, is the
1: comment. comment. That's a great, great. Not that we need the engagement. Our, our, our watchers are all over the YouTube comments. We really appreciate because they it. get a one hundred percent reply guarantee. One hundred percent reply guarantee from from me or Rob. I've I kn- every now and then I'll be like, what I didn't. Re- Rob, I think yeah, we should. I there. think
0: we should. Uh, we should start tagging who, which one of us was replied, because it's but very clear. Three, three letters, very thoughtful, well written replies, and <laughs> thanks, Bud. Rob,
1: <laughs> thanks, Bud, or incredibly aggressive counterpoint.
0: I um... know <laughs> hey. I am. Yeah, you it's, are a bit, who you are. it's a we bit I'm doing. You. Is it a bit? Is, is, it, it, a is bit? it a bit? I thought you were doing a bit. a bit. It's a bit uh, of a bit. Yeah, a plastic grow nights would be awesome. I doubt, but it would be awesome and it would be cool. I don't think that's what we're gonna see. In fact, Yeah, I know. I can
1: I feel like I can guarantee. Um I just don't know how like of all of the thing, like I mean the two armies that they that they're coming to the table with are two armies that just were begging for new models. And like again, in this specific is that we, places as well. Yeah, and like and like we like we this was a for those who don't know the backstory of the show. We did a uh, almost a what like eight months on the Honest Wargamer as sort of just a, a fun little thing before we spun it out. And like we were soul crushed when we discovered in the spring that it was plainly obvious that most of this was going to be the old model ranges, and especially when you're leading with things like Pretonians and Tomb Kings, which had some of the oldest ranges when when fantasy went away to not have some of these models rebooted specifically things like Rail knights, which are pewter pewter dudes on uh, tiny ponies um, who are supposed to, we're going to get big opt as like the most potent forces in the <laughs> Bretonian universe. Um, you know, that's, that's a little bit of a feels bad, but luckily our friends over on Etsy and uh, my mini factory probably have you covered. If you're looking for something a little nicer.
0: Definitely, definitely they do. Uh, I'd like to end the show with a little bit of gossip, if that's okay.
1: I'd love to, yes. Okay. Gat so, for something in your ear.
0: So here's, no, he didn't know. Uh, so here's my gossip, here's my gossip. Uh, okay. There has been a uh, thank you to Keen-Eyed Val Heffelfinger for sending this into the show. Um, we have seen, that there's a, a screen cap here of a Black Library reveal. So this weekend, Black oh, Library, yeah. Black Library. Are going to be talking about some stuff. And you're like, I don't even care. Why would I care? Let me read through it and we'll see where it goes. Uh, it all kicks off at 2 p.m. on Saturday, the 9th of December. The appearances from such literary luminaries as John French, lovely guy, Jude Reed, Mike Brooks, great guy, Guy Haley, and Mark Collins. We'll have more great surprises guys. along the way as we reveal tales from Warhammer 40,000, established brand, The Horus Heresy, established brand, The mm-hmm. Age of Sigmar, and The World of Legend. A World of what? The world of what? The world of Legend. Now, the world of Legend is—I'm not sure. I don't know if this is code word for—I don't know if this is code word for Warhammer Fantasy Battle, the Old World. The world of Legend is so like—I'm not sure what this is, but that's definitely something new, and it's spoken about in the same brand as 40k, Age of Sigmar, Horus Heresy.
1: So, Seems like it might be indicating a world that once existed but no longer does. Some may say a world of legends. Some might say a world of legend.
0: So I do, like so it would make no sense because like the old world is the branding that they have aggressively gone for on all of the books, uh, well not the books sorry all of the like artwork and all the stuff There's we've sorry. seen so far. So. Like, it could just be a mistake by the article writer. It could be the working title. Uh, so sometimes Gives workshop. if they're working on a new edition, they have a working title, which is like a secret, yep. which is also very funny when we know it's happening in three years' time. Uh, yep. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this is quite interesting. Uh, but it could be a code word. I don't know what it is, but there it is.
1: Um, so... I would say this do you remember when uh, underworlds came out what was the first edition it was uh, like shade shadow um, oh what the fuck was it called anyway it was it was it was a word that um, everyone just called it because the game the system was underworlds but the first edition of it was shadow mancer or something I can't remember Yes, And so everyone called it Shadow Mancer. Let's just say that. Please, someone help me so that I can clip this no, later. No, it doesn't matter. Shadespire! There it is. Shadespire, no, no, yeah. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So the game the game was Underworlds, but that edition was Shadespire. Everyone called it Shadespire. Probably a lot of people still call it Shadespire because of that. Okay. So this is where old Val's getting a little hot in his trousers. Because if now you have World of Legends, Warhammer the Old World, yep. and like... This narrative is just about the great war against chaos. And that's what we're, that's what we're doing. It this is a bit like how uh, Tamericon was volume one of one uh, for the, uh, (laughs) for for the Forge World series of books. But there's a potential now that like, there's a bigger bucket. And like within that bucket, you can do all kinds of fun stuff in the world of legend. That is the, uh, you know, the planet that Warhammer Fantasy used to take place on. So that's super exciting to me. Other side of this is I've been actually sort of seeing if you had any like birds talking to you in the cafes about about what Black Library has been up to with this. Because to me, no brainer, there would be tie-ins. And uh, I think up until now, we hadn't seen even a hint of it. Um, and uh, this is super exciting that they would have like Black Library creating lore, hopefully around this really awesome timeline. Akin to the the horus heresy and sort of the development of of the narrative of of warmer fantasy and sort of how it unfolds uh, good guys do win at great cost um and uh, it, it's the first time like you're gonna have to hold me accountable to this but i'm going to buy these books i'm gonna buy as long as it looks interesting i'll grab a book and i will try and read some black library for the first time ever in my games workshop life
0: uh, little tip, there's normally always audible versions of the books, which is good as well. Yes. So yeah, it is interesting that they are talking about it in context of, obviously, Black Library. Uh, so maybe, like, you know, they're going to talk... Same as they have, like, Warhammer Crime, maybe uh, they're going to title that everything for the Old World is going to be under, you know, uh, the world of legend. Maybe because, and also probably because, someone was like, Old World's a bit of a dumb name. Like, like... <laughs> like isn't that what we call europe like
1: <laughs> also, also it's hilarious to me because like we we they blew it up because the narrative design space was too toy you know it was too, too small toy. yeah because they were so folk they were really centered on the empire and the old world and they never went to the well they rarely went to like the rest of the planet which is like lots of cool stuff going on <laughs> um so like opening it up to the world like provides so many opportunities for black library to lead the way on defining what araby's about you know, or like going over to Cathay and like developing what that's about, like that's really cool. And like fantasy world building, I think you feel the same way about like fantasy versus sci-fi, which is like there's just something really cool about like fantasy worlds and like like sort of medieval plus magic is I don't know a great place for an imagination to have fun in. So I think Black Library potentially maybe game behind this. They still publish all of the old fantasy stuff in uh, EPubs as uh i think they call it warhammer chronicles is is the is the brand name they use there um and the only things that they have in audiobook is um because that would be very exciting to see audiobooks behind all this uh right now is the uh, gotrick and felix and then the end times for some reason like who the hell thinks that i guess maybe aos they wanted to have it so that aos people could go back and see where aos came from maybe i don't know but the end times books are also an audiobook but anyway super exciting
0: very, very, very exciting. Yes. Uh, oh, um, the the one thing I'll say about Games Workshop specifically, and someone in the chat said that um, just checked that the Time of Legends is thanks to Angle was the umbrella for the stories from the Old World's history. So it turns out that's maybe what we're we're looking at there. Games Workshop is an IP juggernaut. Like, uh, what I mean by that is, is like, yeah, definitely establishing a fantasy setting is super cool. And obviously, you know, when you, you've had, you had Tolkien produce the Lord of the Rings and you had a lot of people, you know, kind of move that story along. And we've now got, you know, new TV series, new movies, movies that just come out and then movies that will come out in the future. So Lord of the Rings is with us, you know, for the rest of time. But ultimately, probably not that much more... The what we've already covered. You know, it's going to be like a, a... We're going to get another origin story for Spider-Man again at some point in our lives, which will be bonkers. Uh, but for for Warhammer, because, you know, the author cannot die because the author is mm-hmm. James Workshop, you know, um, so, you know, the franchise can't die because it's attached to a business that makes just an incredible amount of money. So it will perpetuate and it will continue and it will grow. And so those expansions, like you said, into Cathay or into, Cathay especially is I think a really interesting one because it already exists in Toy War. So they could just start writing Cathay stories now if they want to, uh, Mm. which I think is interesting. So yeah, like that will be that will be very interesting to see what they do. They might just start to they might just start to restructure the old world content on, in Black Library. So if you are excited about old world, you'll jump into Black Library books. That's probably what they're aiming towards. But it is a fun little bit of story at the end. Just like, oh, we we'll get some we will get some old world narrative story on Saturday.
1: I'm just saying, you know, Bretonians are a big deal in the first release. Probably going to be Bretonian themed book and there, then maybe we're going to see the model reveal is plastic grail knights because because of that and uh, obviously that's not going to happen because i said it out loud but you know hey dare to dream we haven't seen them we haven't seen questing knights or grail knights no brainer dual kit and this this completely ignorant person's opinion um and i don't care if it actually does happen because it's no big deal to me however what is a big deal is them investing in this the world building and uh the story potential of the world of legend and it's I'd some, love to see what they come up with.
0: Me too. Also I'd like to I like Games Workshop to just break their like their their ban on love stories. And I, I agree with everyone in the chat. I want to see a wily tomb king romance a damsel of bretonia in our first old world publication. I want to see some I want to see some sparks and joy. So I want to see some, some love. So I want to see from the old world love and war, not just war, love and war. Come on. Get that in. Love
1: there. and war. Love and war.
0: Well, listen, it's been lovely hanging out. Uh, thank Still you to good. everyone who has been watching live. If you are watching this back or one of our fantastic Patreons, thank you very much for supporting yeah. the Square Base Show. Uh, so nice of you. Uh, if you're one of the Honest World Game Patrons, also thank you because you also support the show. Uh, yes, yeah, so awesome. Also, you're great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Val, any kind of shout outs before we head out today?
1: Any shout outs before we head out today? No, just super great, exciting. Um, uh, Val's copium is so wholesome. Thank you. Mad Always cat. has like, been, cool. buddy. Always ask me. Um, Yeah, I like to be excited, and um, you know, uh, again, we're getting a lot of green lights here. So, like, they're just my my one of my favorite Monty Python sketches is the guy who gets to it's from Meaning of Life, and and he gets to choose his own form of execution, and he's chased off a cliff by a uh, mob of topless women, and uh, like that's just that's sort of that's a good way to go, and that feels like maybe what we're doing. We're just we're just being led directly off the cliff at a very high pace, and maybe that maybe we just all wind up face planning at the end of it. But I don't think so. I think this looks sick and I'm glad so many people are deciding to come along with us on this journey. Me too. Me too. Uh,
0: so thanks very much for joining us. Uh, if you do like it, like to subscribe, share it with your friends. Listen, we want to be the, like we've made our statement clear before. We want to be the biggest old world show in the world and we can only do that if you help us share it with people, you know, watch the video nine times on different browsers, that sort of stuff. So get to it. Okay? Mm-hmm. You can only build one old world together
1: one. And whatever you do, do not share this in the Facebook <laughs> Old World group. Uh, they've asked us not to do that, and it's, it's just very important that we don't say positive things about Square Based in the Old World group, where I've been going particularly hard over the last few days. Um, yeah, good times. Thank good you, times. Rob. Thank, Thank you for, for, for leading this, this merry parade of good times.
0: Thank you, team.